We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. This is the main of... No, it's another episode of the People's Podcast. Guys, don't hate me for this one. I forgot what number we're at. I think it's 13, Alan. I think it might be 14th installment of the People's Podcast. Obviously, VM being the People's Champ, People's Podcast, play on words for the People's Champ, The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Why is I think a series coming out on NBC? Yeah, 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 about his life. You know what's crazy, man? At the time of recording, uh, this is pre-recording. You know, his dad passed away today. Today? Rocky Johnson, yeah, 74, oh 75 God. years old. The so, legend. Yeah, man, an icon in the game. One of the first black wrestlers to really be inserted into, like, a main event picture. So he's like a pioneer. Yeah, he definitely is like a pioneer. And, uh, you know, WWE Hall of Famer as well. And, yeah, um, very, very sad news in the wrestling community. And I'm sure The Rock is definitely going to acknowledge it on on social media and whatnot because you know his his impact on, on the rock is like super obvious and evident but this is the people's podcast for those of you listening to this on the patreon thank you for your contributions you guys are getting it a little bit earlier than everyone else but for everyone else we have gathered your questions um those of you that are members of the patreon you guys get top priority over everyone else because that's one of the perks that you guys get and I'm going to try my best, Alan, to not say Patreon again because I feel like I've banged it out like five times within the last minute. So, yeah, hopefully no drinking games are being created. <laughs> you know what someone told me, man? Um, someone said, 
we should create a drinking game on me saying not for nothing. Apparently, I say not for nothing a lot. You get there's like catchphrases you say like uh what's one for me I say I made the fact that matter is I maybe you say or obviously yeah so there's just some catches I think the one point thing especially I learned by is my mic good yeah your mic okay, is fine mic yeah. good. Uh, one thing I I learned back when I was taking journalism courses at Brook is uh I think you know is like the most common thing you always hear so that's something I always try to avoid saying because everyone says oh you know this or you know they want to run this play or you know. He said, "It's I think you always hear you know a lot. So that's like one thing I try to avoid saying when it comes to you know, common things to say. I also think like. Oh, well, that's just off the tongue. Like, yeah. You know, when uh, about a year and a half ago, we had a discussion when we used to have the guys on the show saying how we say like a lot. And that was something just to be conscious about. Mm-hmm. Because now being in this line of work. I find myself listening to some interviews and when I see someone or hear someone say like a lot, I'm like, God damn, that's excessive. You know? So it's just something that in the back of my, obviously sometimes it just pops up. At the end of the day is another one I say. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was on. You know, that was on trail rolls shit. Really? When he was with the Giants, he would say at the end of the day, a lot. Oh man. You know, at the end of the day, it's a new day. Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's get into the people's podcast. For those of you that are not familiar with what the people's podcast is, it's in the title, folks. You guys are smart. We gather your questions. This entire episode is dedicated to the fans. We have some questions for the Instagram and the Twitter, Alan, at awesome. Veterans Minimum, cheap plug. But the main priority are the members of the Patreon. So, are you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Um, this will be a good time to cue up the theme music, but we don't have a soundboard yet, which hopefully we could get one day. All right, with that being said, Derek Pleiates. What teams do you unconditionally hate? No rivalry with your team or no real connection with you, but you just hate them. Duke. But that's like a given, though. Doesn't everyone hate Duke? It's Duke. Like, I just hate them. Like, I don't really hate too much. Or, or like, I really don't like Manchester United. They're, I always found them to be, like, the elitist of snobs, even though they've kind of fallen off the past few years. But it's got to be for me either Duke or Manchester United. I thought long, long and hard about this one, and I think I might have the greatest answer of all time. And to my degenerates out there, you'll definitely relate to this. Oh, Any team that blows up my parlay. I will, you got to be a little more creative than that. <laughs> come on. You're giving me heat for saying Duke. <laughs> like, come on. No, you know what team I... I what, Eagles? Like, I mean, yeah, but th- he said no rivalry. Oh, like, obviously, right. like, you don't like the Saints. I'm sure you're not a big fan of the Panthers because, you know, they're you're cool. I like the Panthers. <laughs> but, you know, obviously, the Eagles, number one, also Cowboys. Non-rival. Non-rival. I, I don't dislike the Patriots. Like, the Giants have beaten them. Um, what about, like, NBA team? Like, how, NBA team... <sighs> Oh, that's a hard question. I just say Duke because I just can't stand it. Even though they kind of play St. John's every year, I'm like, it's I don't dislike teams. I dislike fan bases a lot. Ah, there we go. I really dislike Some Yankee Eagles. fans. Oh, well, that's a given. You know, sometimes, like, you bring up, you know, you bring up a fair point with the Yankee fans. Like, you just debate something, you know, and then they're like, oh, 27 rings, cuz. It's like, congrats. Right? I get it. I know. Unless Desus and Mero saying that, I want to hear that. Hey. Desus and Mero can say because they're amazing, but the rest of it, if you say that, I don't want to hear from you. Uh, also, um, uh, yeah, but Eagle Col- fans, come on, dude. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't, oh, you I can, can't yeah. mention them. You know, uh, Jet fans are very annoying too. Oh, Jet fans during the Rex Ryan era, uh, 
I just couldn't communicate with them. They were just the every quote Rex Ryan had every press coverage. They would just gravitate to it and they would just say the dumbest stuff. Knicks fans are also annoying, and I'm a Knicks fan. Yes, yeah, I, I hate my own kind. I, I grew up a Heat fan, so yeah, I was born hating Knicks, but now I'm just kind of indifferent on it. We're very dumb. We're very irrational. You know, uh, every, every July something major is gonna happen, and then nothing happens. Like, haven't you learned your lesson by now? Constant. Like, it's just disappointment. You just have to process it and just come to terms with it. I don't like the I'm trying to think of fan bases. I don't, I don't know. Twitter is just everything. Like Seahawks Twitter could be crazy, but I kind of like the Seahawks. But yeah, the fans could be brutal. I don't like the I don't like the Browns. Oh, the dog pound. Yeah, <laughs> the dog. My buddy uh, Hunter is a Browns fan, but I don't know. Like just. Okay. The jerseys are really ugly. The helmet's ugly. Kind of just turn off there. Oh, okay. I got one. Kentucky fans because they get like a top five pick every year, but they leave after one year and just if they don't make like the final four, it's like an outrage to them. Just any of those like entitled college basketball programs. I'll put Duke, Kentucky. I'm not going to put North Carolina because they're like eight and seven right now. They're not doing well at all this year, but like Duke and Kentucky every year, they you have a player that's in a top five pick, sometimes even multiple, and they're just never satisfied. Oh my God. I got a great one. Dude, I hate Italy. Oh man, the Italian soccer. I got so fan. many Italian friends, man. I, Jesus it's hard right. Okay, so maybe it's like a regional thing because we live in New York, and there's yeah, a lot. I do know what you mean. There's a lot of Italian fans, and especially like when the Euro Cup comes around and the World Cup. Um, you know, they didn't make the World Cup last year, which was a shock. I know, right? Salute to Sweden. But that you know the the the, the Forza people are very very frustrating and annoying yeah um, they, they still think like Pirlo and Totti on a team even though they've retired for years now yeah and they wear their Ferrari jackets and their fucking Pumas <laughs> it, it could be goofy but I just have so many time friends like I appreciate Italian culture but they can hey for a long time look I couldn't stand Greeks I cannot the whole oh, I, I, I I hate I hate the Greek soccer fan too I hate the Greek soccer team yeah. you know I haven't watched them since they didn't make the World Cup in 06 wait I, I don't you know watch they've Greece. made major I, tournaments. Look, I, I, when when it's the major tournament and they you play in it, yeah. I watch. But like the qualifier, I used to never miss a qualifier. It was like a tradition with my yeah. father and I. But when they win the Euro Cup and then they don't qualify for the 06 World Cup. Right. And a lot of people have said that winning the Euro Cup, you can, you can view it as maybe being as hard as winning a World Cup. Because outside of your Argentina, Brazil, maybe like a Colombia. Yeah. It's prestigious. It's not as, nothing's more prestigious than the World Cup. But Euro Cup, it's very prestigious. Yeah, it's but all deal. the, you know, if, if you look at, well, you know, I know the FIFA rankings suck, but a lot of the best teams in the world are yeah. in Europe. So. There's no denying it. And then they don't make the World I was like, yo, fuck this team. I'm not but they did make major, I figured from, oh, you know, 08, 2010, 12, 14, like they've made major. Yeah, and they made it out. They made it out the group stages. They lost to Costa Rica. That's right. I mean, Navas ended up signing with yeah. Real Madrid because of Greece. <laughs> like, so it was lights out in that I game. Say they've had success. My issue just uh, people just bring up oh, like you saw about Yankees twenty seven rings. Like, I have a lot of Greek friends. They will bring up over. Oh, like, they'll be proud to watch Greece. I'm like, your team is very dull and sufferable. Like, there's nothing pleasing to watch. This. That's why when Croatia knocked the doors off them a couple of years ago, the qualifier World Cup, I was just driving around Astoria, just smirk on my face. So yeah, but now I just feel so bad for Greece because they don't make major tournaments anymore. They're not going to be in this Euro Cup. Yeah. So. At this point, it's like why off? It's it's a bad watch, yeah. man. <laughs> why like why be a dead horse at this point? So like I don't have too much against the Greeks anymore, but for a long time, it's just I don't know like us having a lot of connections in Astoria. I think that probably played a role in it, but yeah, I think we've named a lot at this point. But yeah, Duke and Kentucky, man. College best, I don't know why. Like, what about you with college football? Is there any programs you can't stand? Like, we really touch on Alabama. I think a lot of people would say Alabama, but I don't have much connection with college football. Yeah, it doesn't like. 
I, I don't have no uh, no issue with anyone in college. Uh, maybe like, maybe I'm frustrated with Oregon just because they have like a New Jersey every week, but they've never <laughs> won like a national championship. Um, New Jersey. But yeah, not 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 so much heat from yeah. there. All right, this one comes in from Bradley Preller. Of the NFL teams drafting in the top five, who do you think has the best plan or in the best position? So we got the Bengals, the Redskins. The Giants are at four. Who has the third yeah, can we pick? look this up? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Let's we look this one up. Yeah, we should have had this one. But I know that the Bengals have number one. Probably going to go Joe Burrow. You know he's minus 2,500. 2,500. You risk 2,500 to win $100 on him being the number one pick in the draft. That's bigger than Zion being Damn. the number one pick. We got Bengals, Redskins, Lions, Giants, Dolphins. Okay. Homer pick if I say the Giants? No. I think they have the best talent of all those teams. Yeah, I would say so. I'm I know it's I, I know it's all on one side. <laughs> it's just Gettleman, man. I no. can't look past going. I gotta go Miami. I think what they're really are, Brian Flores, man. I trust. I trust good manager and, and coach. Come on, son. They have no talent on their team, though. Yo, Devontae Parker looked like Randy Moss at one point. They're building some pieces defensively. Like, yes, Patrick Laird, too, right? You're on the I, Running backs grow on trees. They'll get a running back eventually. I don't train away Kenyon Drake. God, do I? Come on. I'm going Miami, man. I, tr- I trust what they're building over there. They have something good going on. Uh, you got you to gotta value coaching and just you know ownership. And right now, what the Giants are doing. Miami's ownership you're valuing? They have a plan. The, the, the tank has somewhat worked. I just really like Brian Flores. Could I like Brian Flores? <laughs> Uh, I do not. Uh, yes, he's right. probably the most competent of the head coaches in the top five. Either him or Ron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking about the it's guys. Washington, that, I, Washington, they're just... I'm waiting to see where Washington is. You know, the Lions probably have the best quarterback of the bunch. Yeah, but Matt Patricia's got to go. I'm I'm over him. I'm going to go with the Giants, though. I think All offensively, right, their talent... I, I really... Dude... I And I, I, I hate talking about them and in in being optimistic, but... I really feel as if they can make noise next year if they really do the right thing in free agency. Like they have all this money to spend. You know, I I've started to really, really want Yannick from the Jaguars. I can't pronounce his last he, name. Ngakwe. Ngakwe. He might be the most explosive pass especially in terms of athletes. And you know, you know what else is crazy? He's twenty five years old. He's a nightmare. He's he, he's a young buck. You know, give him a nice five year, hundred million dollar deal. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, hate I it. I think he's out of Jacksonville. He's tired of them. Kinda I also Jalen thought Ramsey when was. they when they drafted Josh Allen that he was going to be insurance for yeah. Calais Campbell and for well, Calais like thirty two. So I don't know his. Well, but they just invested so much in that D line. You gotta wonder what the salary cap is like. All right. But yeah, no, I don't think there's. Unless I, I think you can't say the Bengals, but other four teams you can make a compelling case where it's Detroit's talent, the Giants' talent. Riverboat Ron, or just what's going on in Miami, what they're building. I think there's no wrong answer here, but I can't see the Bengals, though. This one comes in from Daniel Gibson. Uh, if you've seen the VAR conversation in the Premier League this season, what would you do to fix it? Rewrite the offside law? What about the handball leading up to goals? Or is that just a justified rule and it's being nitpicked? It's an absolute nightmare right now. Explain to the people that don't know what the fuck we're talking about with VAR. Oh, so VAR just it over. I think it assesses any sort of close call. It's video assistance replay. Yeah, basically, if it happens whether a goal 
because it's mostly goals or it could be dangerous fouls. Like they've now done red cards and uh, yellow cards just to assess what a potential foul could result to. But for the most part, VAR just pretty much determines whether it's a goal or not, depending on offsides or handball. Now the issue with the Premier League, and it's only the Premier League because I hear for people in Germany, Spain, Italy, that they don't have problems with VAR. This is strictly an English issue. And it's just, you could be like a, a knee or a toe or like a hand where it's slightly offside and they will call it offside. Or if it's indirect handball where someone's, it just deflects off them. Even if it's in a natural area, like natural area usually is below the hip. Like if it unnatural is being above your hip, they'll still call handballs on just a ball deflects it to your hand if it somehow plays a factor in the goal. It's the biggest issue right now with VAR is just the offsides thing. It's just for me, offsides has to be really significant. It has to really affect the goal where it's like, okay, a clear foot or a player clearly just some way. It doesn't have to be a finger or arm. Like, does that really determine? Like, I want to see offsides really play a factor in when it really affects a goal. When a defender clearly was in a disadvantage when it comes to positioning. What the Premiership is doing right now is little finger here or knee. Where, no, the defender could easily stop it. He just wasn't in a position to make the play. So that's my biggest issue right now. And it's really affecting games. Like Teams are losing points over it. Every week there's discussion about it. It's become really problematic. And it's weird. It's only really in the Premier League. Because I thought for the most part of the World Cup, they did a good job. Now, being Croatian, uh, that penalty, I'm still mm-hmm. a little bit aggravated. I, I honestly thought it could have gone either way. Like If I was French, I would agree with that. I don't think it was the most egregious thing. But that being said, it was a little harsh on Perisic. That said, I thought VAR, for the most part, did their job. It just, it's crazy what's going on in England. Because it, it's really the only English issue. Like Champions League has been fine. It's just in England. So, I don't know. They just need to really figure out what truly is offsides. Because it shouldn't be too hard to determine. It doesn't have to be this close. Because what knee or finger or even some sort of body part that doesn't involve a foot i just i don't get it i think it's easy to determine what is offsides and what's not offsides i don't like when var calls someone offside similar to when there's a holding penalty in the nfl and it's away from the play yeah like that frustrates me so hard like it's a quick like three-step drop back i'm throwing a slant to the right hash mark and they call holding at the top of the screen like on the left hand side where it was clearly away from the play the quarterback wasn't even looking there like that really frustrates me and with var sometimes you see a ball gets played down the right hand side and there's a dude streaking down the top of the screen from the left hand side he's clearly offside the ball gets crossed into the box. The guy that's initially offside is nowhere near the ball. Someone else comes in and scores, and it's like, well, that guy was initially offside. Like, how does that affect play? It's, oh, it's it's it has to affect play. Same thing with handball. Like, if a handball happens, but then like, the team has like 15 seconds to readjust and you know get themselves in good position. It's just you need the whole point of VAR is to determine if it truly affects a goal, not something else. So that's the biggest issue for me when it comes to it, but. I don't know. Like I said, it's. I think it's only an English issue because you only hear much about it in other leagues and definitely hasn't heard in Champions League. So, I don't know. England needs to get together. It's just their bodies. That's it. This one comes from Nick Chavez. Would you let legal issues slide if you are coaching an upstart college basketball team or would you value being accountable and suspend, remove delinquent players? You have to see what the case is. You can't really say much else, right? Yeah. Yeah, because some cases are a lot more drastic than 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 others, and yeah. I think it's is very case dependent. Like, if a dude is being Terrell Pryor, selling a jersey for a couple of tattoos, I don't think I'm suspending him. No, 
if you I'm know commending him for being an entrepreneur right right if you have like a you know he stole a laptop from someone he you know a rape allegation a uh something you know domestic violence something along those lines we know what's a dirt what's something with human values like, you gotta look at the morality of it. right yeah. right yeah that's i think is is the fairest yeah. way to approach and answer that one all right what are some realistic expectations for the New York Knicks for the rest of the season? It's all you right here. <laughs> um, and who do you consider untouchable on the roster? I mean, all right, it's clearly Mitchell Robinson. It's clearly R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has gone the headband route, and he's uh, he's been on fire 40% from three. He's really balling. He's a stud, man. He is a stud. And you know what, dude? My buddy John, who for the year in review episode, he actually let us record in his house. Shout out to my guy, John. He's a fan of the show and listens. He was so outspoken on, yo, don't draft Zion because Zion, you know, he's like 280 pounds. That body is not really built for basketball, the, the knee joints and whatnot. You know, he still hasn't made his debut. He's scheduled to return January 22nd. It'll be his NBA regular season debut. Those two are obviously the two that are untouchable. Now, what's nice is Morris has been probably their best player from start to now. And I do think that, you know, he's a guy that's played in the playoffs in a big game, big games when he was with the Celtics. And yo, he's no nonsense. Yeah, if you can, it's going to sound crazy because it's, you know, it's it's one of the Morris twins. But if you get like a first round pick for him, for on a team that needs like a big body presence, a guy that could stretch the floor yeah. kind of thing, I think you do it, man. I could have sworn our boy Marco was like talking to someone about on Twitter. I just saw Marco posting. I was like, first round for Morris, do it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, you would have to, dude. Yeah. You get off from that contract too, and why not? Shit, if you could get something for Julius Randle, um, that guy's been a roller coaster. But it's been a lot of like you know the nitro. You ever been on nitro in Six Flags? Yeah, it's it's a lot of going down than it is coming up. I like him as a player, but as a focal point, it's just not happening. Right. Um. All right. Cool. Let's move on to the struggle of the Knicks. Never-ending struggle. What do you? What do you? I'm reading this word for word. Jordan Riley, get it together. Put the bottle down. What do you, the XFL, would need to do differently to the NFL to draw attention? For example, if there's OT, play like college football. So, like, what basically, what would the XFL need to do oh, to man. get? I wish I could spend more time doing research on this because I have not done much research on what the XFL is actually doing. But as a product, what it can do to, I guess, separate itself from the NFL, like to make it more compelling, I guess that's what he wants to know. I don't know, like, we saw the AFL, AAFL tried to do something, and it, it's hard, man. It's hard to compete. Because the NFL is such a grind. I feel like just to have another season after football, like, you have to be the biggest football junkie to really watch it. Because I, I just think after a, a full season of dedicating yourself to watching football, it just you just need a break. At least that's for me. But I think to answer this question, though, I'd like to actually look into more of uh, what the XFL is doing, but yeah, of course, making overtime more, you know, doing something with overtime, I think is important because you just want to kind of differentiate yourself, but I don't know. What can they do to make a more compelling product? <laughs> get better refs. <laughs> yeah. Better refs. Uh, maybe get some wrestlers out there playing. Oh, commentators. You do some fun stuff with commentate social media team. Like maybe get even four players to just bring more attention to it, whether it's in the analyst booth or, you know, do some stuff with social media, but on the field, like when it comes to actual rules, like what can you really do? Cause I think the XFL is looking for credibility at this point. They don't want to be overly gimmicky. They don't want to do what, you know, Vince McMahon did two decades ago or whatever it was. So I don't think they could do much from a on the field product standpoint, but 
you know, to gravitate more attention, just kind of use your resources, see what foreign players are going to do out there. Try to bring them extra coaches. Who knows? This one is for both of us. I mean, they all have been, but would you rather, big fan of would you rather, would you rather sit in a box suite at every game of the team that you like, but had to be alone with nothing but yourself, no phone, no anything, just you and a drink, food, or choice? I'm already leaning to that, by the way. Same here. Or sit in the nosebleeds with everyone, but you're always next to that dude that rips farts and pretends it wasn't him. Uh, this was not difficult at all. Dude, what the hell? <laughs> Burnsy, what the hell is going on over here? Uh, yeah, easily in a in a box suite. Kidding Dude, me? I, Drinks food? Like, listen, I don't, I don't like. Um, you don't like live game tweeting. I don't like live game tweeting. Okay. I don't like. I'll record like one or two things, and then after that, I like to experience being at a game. It's something I don't do all the time. Yeah and same here it's not like i'm on my phone during the game mm-hmm. um at halftime i'll check like my DraftKings fan duel lineup my my yearly league right. you know any bets that i have going on yeah. updated second half lines but for the most part i don't like going to games because they get really rowdy they get really aggressive fans could be dicks or just annoying like i was, just at, annoying. I was at st john's game sorry this guy had every comment for a pass a free throw uh, a non-call. Like you just have some fans that have no that, awareness. That I don't mind. I really no, don't mind that. If you were on, you would took it way over the top. I dislike the guy who is the, oh, I'll fuck you up, man, to the dude wearing a different color jersey. Like that okay. stuff really. Yeah, that's just I'm, unnecessary. Yeah, like I'm not trying. I say this all the time. I'm not trying to fight Bob and Chuck from fucking Kappa Sig. Like the frat star, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Now I know yeah, some you, you try to face a guy with a they Zeke. put him in an arm triangle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got a guy in a Ezekiel Elliott jersey coming at you. Yeah, it's just I'm not trying to do that, dude. All right. Um, would you rather? Oh boy. Oh boy. I hope it's more. This one is going to be interesting. Trubisky or Jameis Winston? If you're starring a franchise. Oh, tomorrow. Jameis Winston. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go. Trubisky can't throw the ball. Like Jameis, he's gonna give you a headache, but there's gonna be some moments like, wow, that was impressive. Like, give me a moment where you watch Mitchell Trubisky make a throw. You're like, wow, that was a really impressive play. I'm not talking about his feet because we know he's a decent athlete. We know he's not. We don't call him poor man Boyles for no reason. But uh, when has he ever made a throw that made you say, wow, that was unbelievable? Jameis, he makes plays. Say what you want about him. This one comes from Goose. Do you think the punishment? Was fair for the Astros. I don't follow baseball, so this is all you. Let me let me fill you in on what's going on. So I've had a lot of fun at the expense of Yankee fans. So in 2017, they blatantly were cheating. They got caught cheating. Is this worse than the Patriots? This is like very obvious. Like they were recording hand signals. Um, they were banging when it was going to be an off-speed pitch in the dugout. Where's, it was like, where's Eric Mangini when you need him? Yeah, it was very. It's very like they they are cheating. Okay. Like you could clearly tell, oh, right? Wow. And you know the Yankees have the Astros have been their kryptonite the last couple of years. They've ran into them in the ALCS twice. You know, right before the World Series, and they've knocked them out. And the Astros have also had an absolutely ridiculous home record in the playoffs since this new era of the Astros. Now, they've been punished with their GM and their head coach, well, their manager, um, A.J. Hinch, have been fired. Um, Alex Cora, who was with the Astros, became 
is with the Red Sox, the, the, the manager, he got let go by the Red Sox. Rumors are, at the time we're recording, it hasn't happened yet, so this might, when this episode goes up, it might have happened already, Carlos Beltran was with the Astros, he might get fired, he just got hired by the Mets. So, Mets. Yeah. <laughs> the tip- <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of these pitchers that have gone there have had career years with them. Like oh, this is bad. Yeah, this is this is really bad. And they win the World Series in 2017. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. You said you're not a baseball guy. Yeah. That's fine. The Atlanta Falcons had a scandal with pumping noise. Yeah, but they were like six and ten that right, year. Right, right. But I'm saying <laughs> let, let's let's use the Falcons as an example. Yeah, because okay. I have my answer. All right. The Falcons next year they go and they win the Super Bowl. Right? First of all, you'd have a boner for about six months, oh. right? Especially, uh, you know, 28 to 3. From there, about, so that'd be the, they'd be the 2021 World Series, uh, Super Bowl champs. Uh, 2025 comes out, yo, we, uh, we had spies on every team that we played. You guys go like 13 and 3, yeah. and we recorded practices and we recorded games. And it's you all know scouting what? Reports. We actually, we actually were, pumping crowd noise right we were turning off the air conditioning in the locker room for the other like just a bunch of shit came out or the what happened with the chiefs uniforms where they were they almost had to yeah play. they got sent to jersey when they were supposed yeah. to get straight right and then 2025 roger goodell comes out and goes no first round pick for the falcons next year five million dollar fine which the astros almost also got fined and and uh Dan Quinn is fired. Okay. But you keep your Super Bowl. Do you even care? Man, we have to look more into the details of this. Like, I'm say- no, what I'm saying yeah. is I think you are an absolute idiot. And I mean this with the utmost respect. If your team wins a championship, they can't take that away from you. Unless you're Reggie Bush and the Heisman. Well, they did to Rick Pitino at Louisville. 2013 but that's the college stuff the college yeah. game is completely True, different yeah. like they could come down because of the sanctions and the rules and the regulations which are also funky you know like uh lsu might get in trouble for odell giving out the players real cash after the game Salute to odell. shout out to odell <laughs> man paying these young boys but man as a met fan who my love for baseball is only when the Mets are like good. Like when the Mets were good in like 2014 to 2016, dude, I was invested as much as Boston Tim were. Like we, I was all in. I remember we were at a Halloween party. They, I think they lost like game four. And like, yeah. There were like 20 people crap by TV. I, Bro, I had no idea it was going, but everyone was in. I knew everyone's ERA. I knew when the next guy that was pitching it was. I knew all about that because yeah. for me, baseball, when my team is good, I'm more invested. The Mets aren't good. You know, year in, year out, they're kind of just regular, right? So if they were to win a World Series, dude, yeah, I don't care if they get fined $5 million. Take as much money as you can from the Wilpons, number one. <laughs> number two, like, all right, you lose. The, the Astros also lost first and second round picks in the next okay. two drafts. But, like, the memory and the emotion. Dude, I'll never forget, man, what you told me in 2016 when the Giants made the playoffs. You were like, yo, enjoy it. Like, because I was telling you, like, yo, I'm worried. I don't think the team's going to be good. And you're like, yo, man, it's not every year that your team makes the playoffs. Like, just really enjoy. Not. It's like the best time of the year for a football fan. You know, your team is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Like, you have something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? And and that always resonated with me. So me, knowing the diehard fan that I am, like, if the Knicks were to win an NBA championship and then it turns out that the entire roster was on PEDs, I'd be like, fire yeah. like yeah yeah but look what happened with the russian national team like they're gonna be banned like all their 
everything involving Russian sports is going to be banned for like the next four years because they just go up with doping. Like that World Cup team is probably doping, but look, they made the core finals. Yeah, and they did they, it. They in beat Russia Spain, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lost to Croatia, which salute. But uh, <laughs> but uh, like by all those Russians because they were so down their national team. But now looking back on it, it's like they brought a lot of positivity to that country because Russia's been very much in the news for negative headlines, and it just there hasn't been much buzz about you know their soccer team. So it's just, I think when it comes to fandom, like of course you want to have integrity, but it's just uh, sometimes just that energy, just those memories. Like I could I could talk about the 2018 World Cup for like the rest of my life because it was just one of the most memorable months of my life. It was just every every four or five days it was a party. So just those moments are so unforgettable. Like those those plays that like you just see whether it's a goal or a home run or three pointer. Like I remember I was listening to the recent Dee Samaro podcast and they were talking about Larry Johnson's four point play and there's like they still to this day they've never seen the garden erupt like that. You don't forget about stuff like that. Like on the, I wasn't gonna mention we had uh, Justice on the podcast that that Julio Jones stiff arm on uh, Demetrius Randall in the NFC Championship game. Like that moment made me realize, whoa, the Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. Like it's thirty-one nothing now. Julio just stiffed this guy into another zip code. Like, Julio, yeah. Like and, and it was the last game ever in the Georgia Dome, yeah. which is legendary. Like those moments you don't forget. Man, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more, man. I have one of my favorite sports moments. I'll never forget Algeria, USA, World Cup 2010. Just that run, Ian Dark on commentary. You know, uh, uh, Tim Howard makes the save, throws it out to Altador. Sorry, throws it out to Donovan. Donovan goes streaking up the sideline, you know, plays it over to uh, uh, Altador, plays it into Dempsey, the ball sitting right there. And, dude, I remember I broke my foot playing soccer with the guys at St. Francis Prep in the backyard. And I had a, 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 a boot on, and that's the first time I really got cool with Marco. Like, Marco, uh, who's been on the podcast, probably going to hear Marco in the coming weeks. He's We're doing man. Some, some NBA stuff. Shout out to Marco. But, you know, Marco was cool with, like, Ralph and Dylan. And, and you know, we were kind of friends by association. And, and, and my buddy Tommy also. And my crib was always the U.S. soccer house. Like, anytime U.S. soccer was playing, everyone would come to the crib. And this is when I used to live in Astoria. So all the guys came. I posted this picture many, many times. Yeah, it's, it's legendary. Everyone's so young. Dude, everyone's so young <laughs> everyone's and shit. Innocent. And I'm wearing glasses like I'm Russell Westbrook at a press conference. Like, what the hell am I doing? So, but, yo, I just remember, like, jumping up and down, absolutely losing my mind because that goal made the USA advance. Mm-hmm. Right. And jumping up and down, my mom's yelling at me like your foot, your foot. I was like, I don't care, ma. This is the greatest moment ever. And like everyone just erupting. And then we went to Steinway and we're driving up and down with the American flags. Dude, we watched USA Gone here. Yes. That yo, Dempsey goal. Bro. First minute. Yeah, we went. Bro, the place went ape shit. I was so drunk that day, man. And then John Brooks like, dude, that US Ghana game. Was I, one of the- yo, because I, I remember that drawing. It was it was USA Ghana, Germany, Portugal, and Portugal. And USA played Ghana that first game. And I remember telling all my boys, I'm like, yo, listen, this is the biggest game in U.S. soccer. Oh, my God, I'm getting chills thinking about this. I was actually in Miami for Portugal, USA. I had the Jermaine Jones goal in the Clevelander, hammered thunderstorming we're out there and like it's not like the World Cup, man. Oh, my God. It was just so, so cool. And everyone like. You know, I'm sure there's like a Croatia bar that you go to and it's like all your people there, yeah. right? There's a, there's a, you know, I went to a, I went to an Argentina bar with my buddy Steven because like, you know, I had some financial investments on Argentina and uh, we don't need to go any further on that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, cool. Like I love going and I have a bunch of soccer jerseys, you know, I like going to those because you get the culture, you get the like, 
you really realize how big soccer is, right? And I just remember telling everyone, like, yo, USA needs to win this game against Ghana. Ghana had beaten them in 2006. They and beat 10. them in 2010. They knocked them out, right? After the Algeria heroics, they lose there. And then, oh, my God, Brooks, that goal, dude. I just remember, like, I kissed Dylan on, the on like, the cheek. I was like, yo, I fucking love so you. So she had a set piece. Yeah. Like, those moments, it's just like, wow. Yeah, the set piece, because the coolest thing about soccer, man, is that, you know, it's a corner kick, it's a free kick, penalty kick. It's like you're bracing yourself for that eruption. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're, wait, we're like the NFL. It's like, you know, it might take like an A play drive to go and punch it in. And nowadays you don't even know if it's a touchdown. Yeah. They got to review that shit. We're like with soccer, like everyone like puts their arms around each other and shit. Right, right. Everyone starts standing. Yeah. Like last thing I'll say about this, uh, the World Cup final with Francis Croatia. So Modric puts a ball down the byline, Vashiko. Like flips it up and then I'm just like, where is this set? Because it was a free kick. It was like Conte, I think, fought Rakitic where and just it, the ball keeps deflecting up. Masukic hits at her, Lovrens at her, Vita also knocks it down and I just see the ball going near Perisic. I'm like, if Perisic gets this on his left foot and he takes a clean shot, this is going to the back of net and he just bangs it in and there's this infamous picture of me on Instagram just be on my Bohemian Hall just standing on the table like with my fist out like this. It was like the happiest moment of my life. You know, yeah, they lost 4-1 but just seeing a goal of that magnitude in the final and it was off a set piece and it's just they completely outworked France in that moment. It's just That's another crazy aspect about soccer is just scoring whether it's on a corner or a free kick even a penalty too it's just that build up it's like wow something might happen here and then when it actually happens and just the eruption that's why soccer is so incredible just the eruption especially during a national tournament international tournament i should say it's just everything's boiled up and you just see everyone coming together and then when they win it's just yeah it's some of the best memories man it really is yo do you have any question you want to ask me about what? <laughs> General. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, we have no more? No, that's all we got. Oh. Okay, can't force the issue. Oh, okay. I know if we had anything more. No, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm just... I don't know. We should... I don't know. We're on a good thing about sports moments right now. Like, when it comes to Giants, you know, I talked a little bit with the Falcons. What about you with the Giants? Was I said, like, when it comes to watching the Giants, that Corey Webster interception we were talking about not too long ago. That'd be crazy. Because so against Favre, that's another thing you have to take in consideration in moments. When it's against, like, a legendary player or team... 2011 NFC title game. Ooh. Giants Niners. Eli took a beating. Eli takes a beating. Um, I'm sitting in Joe's crib. It's me, Joe, and Keith, and his, uh, Joe's pops. And uh, the great. The great. Yo. <laughs> greatest, greatest of all time. I think he's called me Nick twice in my entire Dude, life. Dude, he called me Greg, Chris, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time he was called. We, we've said this story before. Um, we're all hanging out. Uh, Sunday traditions We go to Joe's crib And we watch it At his parents house And his dad Is sitting on the recliner He's just calling John He's like hey John John We're like Who the fuck is it Really Who the fuck is John He's calling his mom Joe's mom He's calling her John It was just so funny But we're over there We're watching the game right And uh, the Kyle Williams Fumble happens I'm yelling Ball Me and Joe Hug the shit out of each other Keith goes to get up To use the bathroom I yell at Keith. Now, Keith is the most ruthless fuck there is. He does not listen to anything I tell him. I'm like, don't you dare fucking get up from that seat. You're pissing here, if anything. Sit the fuck down. And he just sat down. Dude. And then after the game, he's like, one, never talk to me like that again. And two, only if the Giants are playing, am I ever listening to you? And I was like, yo, it's all good. And then we like embraced. <laughs> yeah. But that was that was big. And then also like being able to go to the Super Bowl and just watching it with my mom. Um the tears flowing down when I saw I couldn't see the Tyree 
Or I, a mini no, hand. No, I couldn't see the Hail Mary to Gronk. Oh. When the ball went into the air, because I was on the end zone going away from me. Yeah. I had, I got a better story real quick, and we're going to end on this stuff yeah. too, guys. Um, by the way, all you patrons and everyone else, get more involved in, in sending us questions, man. This is your show, you know. Um, I had my eye on Wes Welker on that one play, the drop. Like, for some reason, first of all, he was uncovered. I'm like, how? How? How's he uncovered? A lot of defense to say that. And I'm saying, I turned to my mom and I'm like, oh my God, Welker's uncovered, you know? And Welker drops that ball and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to win the Super Bowl now because that dude never drops passes like that. And, and look, listen, I know he threw it a little behind them, but you got to catch that. That was the famous Giselle play where my husband can throw and catch, you know? <laughs> Terrible Brazilian accent. By the way, Giselle, phenomenal girl. <laughs> but um, the Hail Mary play. The ball leaves Brady's hands and it's going away from me. And dude, I stand up, I put my hands over my head. And the only thing I remember, dude, because I couldn't see the ball, remember Gronk like lays out for it, is I see Entrell roll starts celebrating. And then like, yo, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. I just started crying. Like tears. Man. Absolute tears. Like I was just like, oh my God, I don't need to ever think about the Deshaun Jackson punt the year before. And Again, like again, I could just hold this over New England Patriot fans. Like, yo, we beat you twice when it mattered. I assume the second one was more satisfying than the first, maybe because you were a little older. And I wiser. was a little older. Yeah. I was a little wiser. Um, I went through the heartbreak of the Burris shooting himself. I went through the heartbreak of the 2010 punt, right with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was 20 years old, 21 years old, where I was a lot older. I actually drove back, dude, from Indianapolis straight through the night. All the way home. Wow. I couldn't sleep. I was wired. Right. I also think that 2011-2012 season, like for most of the year, we thought Giants aren't making the playoffs. Like They had to beat Dallas to get in. They beat Atlanta. They, gonna... Yo, one of the only teams in NFL history to go on a four-game losing streak and win a Super Bowl. Wow. Okay, they I went 6-6, six and six, and then Pierre-Paul blocks the punt. And then the next week, they lose to the Redskins. I think I remember that. So they're 7-7, seven and seven, and then they play the Jets, the, Jets, yeah. the 99 so yard. Beat the Jets, beat the Cowboys, beat Atlanta. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, they beat Green, that Green Bay game. But we were talking about 15 the, and 1, bro. Rodgers we MVP. We were talking about the Ravens before. Like, for, like when was the last time a team that great in the regular season faltered that badly? I would say the 15 1 Packers. Like, we were talking about the Ravens 14 and 2. When was the last time you seen a number one seed really let everyone down? Had to be that 15 1 Green Bay team. So that, and then I just remember that San Francisco game. Just, I just remember Eli taking a beating in that game. He took so many hits, but he just stayed in the pocket. Like that was one of those really resilient Eli Manning performances. I talk about that game. I did a player profile on Eli Manning with my buddy Anthony Beers. Um, and we're going to start doing some with you because I definitely want to get Tim on to talk about Matt Ryan with you. I'm going to try to play moderator on that That's one. That's going to be great content. And, and we're going to need a, we're gonna need a bigger table to keep you two from fucking armbar. Can, can we do Mitchell other. Trubisky after that? Uh, nah, he needs to play a little bit more. But <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, that, that, that Niners game I think is Eli Manning's best performance ever. Just to be able to gut it out. All that pressure, man. Because that San Fran defense was so good. Dude, he got hit like 24 that times. That was peak Alden Smith. Justin Smith was great. Yeah, Bowman. Bowman, Willis. Those teams were crazy. Yeah. Just that environment. People forget how intimidating Candlestick was. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like you saw with the Vikings-Niners game. They were showing like old memories from Candlestick. It's a crazy place to play in. So, I think definitely in the future, like we got to organize it properly. We could go into like our top five favorite like fan moments or just memories from games we were at. 
because you know, I've definitely had some experiences going to games. You know, I've been to a couple of Falcons Eagle games, being in the press box, seeing Steve Sarkeesian call a sprint right, uh, just seeing Falcon fans absolutely lose their minds on Twitter. Because that's one thing now, being in the industry, just uh, you like you're at games covering it and you see what happens and you just see the Twitter shitstorm and just all the tweets just like, man. And I have to go to a press conference afterwards and like people are like, you got to ask Steve for a key question about this, that. I'm just like, this guy's, when do you see offense coordinator do ever any interviews? Like it's not happening. So I think, yeah, we could, should definitely, if we organize it properly, talk about our best moments, whether it's through just being there as a casual fan or you know, I could talk some about me experiences or even just, us as you know genuine fans whether it be giants knicks you know falcons croatia whoever it may be or me with st john's like i've been to a couple crazy st john games stormed the court once so get to that too i'm down i'm down guys this was another installment of the people's podcast uh thank you all for sending your questions um hit the patreon if you guys want to get your question answered on here and yeah at the lamb shows where you can find me everywhere at veterans minimum is where you can find the show everywhere shout out to blue wire pods um that network awesome check out their website some fun content over there and alan where can they find you alan underscore stark that's a double e n underscore s t r k and as always roll call bay bay daniel gibson Derek pleates Corey johnson hoops bo clore ryan pisner Christopher Velasquez, you all are in the franchise tag tier. Thank you all so much. And a special shout out to my Supermax boys, Chuck Page, Bradley Preller, and Nick Chavez. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. We will catch you guys later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.